Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Guys, it's a big news week. How are we feeling? We do the Grindline podcast live. And rap. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But we're going to do the Grindline podcast live where we just come out to the acapella version of the NHL on ESPN theme song. Da, 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 da. Because that is, I mean, that's some big news. That we're Why would go that be the case, Greg? I mean, that we haven't had that since 2004. Oh, we'll I wonder get, why that would be the case. We'll get, we'll get to it. We got some big news tonight. So how are you guys doing? I mean, based on the big news, if you didn't figure out what it was, other than the fact that you already said ESPN, uh, pretty good. Uh, the wife made some homemade quesadillas. So it was fantastic. I am full and happy and ready to talk some hockey. I believe, Ryan, it's quesadillas. Yeah, it's no. But yes. See, it's their own. According to Napoleon Dynamite, it's a dang quesadilla. Look at, look at, I am bilingual in the language of Spanish, and it's quesadillas. So anyways, I am doing... All right, Pitbull, doing... calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing very well in light of the good news. It's not really Red Wing related, but it it's the league related. Kind of is. Sure. So, I mean, hey, you know what? It's good. It's good. We're good. The weather's yeah. good here, so I can't complain. Yeah, I'm I'm doing good except for the fact that we're starting late because my two and a half year old will not sleep. Make Turns out worst. having a new child um, makes them very very angry at bedtime. So. Yeah, uh, just will not shut down, needs everything their way. And it's not good. It's not good for my sleep, and it's not good for my schedule. So uh, we're going to train that out of her real quick. Mm. Uh, But we got a lot to talk about tonight, and I think we'll start with the Red Wings, who looked atrocious against Columbus, but since we've recorded, also played the Tampa Bay Lightning and looked good from what I saw. And the Hurricanes, also not good. In my limited viewing, so like I said with my toddler, uh, it is... Not not good for me watching Red Wings games. She's supposed to go to bed at 7, but ends up not falling asleep until like 7.40, 8 o'clock. Yeah. So from what I saw, um, the the uh, guy at LCA was quote-unquote horny. <laughs> was that what honk. was going on? Uh, to my response to that is honk. Honk, honk. Uh, no, that honk. was. We also learned that Ken Cal uh, ghost reads Sarah's tweets. <laughs> because he apparently read her tweet on TV where it's uh, no, no John longer. Keating. John, John oh, was it John Keating? Yeah. So it's no longer light the lamp. It is now honk the horn. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, apparently. Because the yeah, Red was... Wings uh, uh, every minute would uh, do the goal horn 
just I guess hoping we'd get a well, goal at some it point. Wasn't, it wasn't the goal horn; it was the intermission horn, or like when there was a stoppage in play. You know, typically like the real high pitch, like that the one. Buzzer. The end of the period. It's the buzzer. The buzzer. There you the go. The buzzer. There we go. Not, not quite a buzzer, but yes, same thing. It's at every fifty. For all intents at, and purposes, the buzzer. Every minute at the like say eighteen fifty nine mark, and then seventeen fifty nine at the fifty nine point of every minute the buzzer would go off and it was fantastic early on because we thought maybe it was just something that was weird going on, but no, it was literally during play and it actually helped, uh, slow down Tampa Bay's power play at one point early on. <laughs> a little bit of a no distraction. One. Oh, they were so pissed. Everyone on the ice, they threw their hands up in the air and it was even better because Mickey was up in the booth laughing about it. Like, yeah, it's our best, best penalty kill yet. So it, uh, after the first few times, they finally figured out, yeah, it's all fucked up. So don't <laughs> listen to the horn. So thankfully, they figured it out by the end of the period, which, a.k.a. they didn't. But they did know to finally blow all whistles at the exact same moment that the clock struck zero. Uh, and then all the fun went away because when the second period started up, they apparently had figured it out and the horn issue was solved. Now, however, there was seemingly a caveat because if you were following any te- uh, tweets from Max Boltman, he said that I think it was going off every two minutes after the game was over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's gotta be issue, a it's gotta be an well, automated thing, right? It's just set to go off when a so. clock hits because everything's run by computers now. So when a clock hits a certain time, you would think yeah. that it's just it just goes off. Daniela Bruce said the best comment I think of the entire charade is that uh, can't you just unplug it and plug it back in? Yeah, just the IT crowd, if you tried turning yeah. it off and on again. And that's generally how you fix everything. But that has to be what it is. It's just everything's computerized. So you just hit the computer. It says when the clock hits this time that it just goes. The buzzer goes. But it must have, someone must have set it to when it hits every minute at 59 seconds that it goes yeah, instead that's... of just zero fifteen or just like zero one second left. I was so going to say the wires crossed or something there. They had to get an electrician in there to fix that. Geez. Yeah, no one. You only have so many people in the buildings. So I had to kick someone out of the stands to get the electrician in to fix the, the goal horn. Um, but from what I saw, the Red Wings oh, looked good against Tampa. And they took they them did. to overtime, which is really way more than what you could expect from this year's Detroit I- Red Wings against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, going to overtime, I think, was kind of a loss, in my opinion, because... They really did in my... They should have won. They should have won for one. And the what ended up being the game-tying goal, some people probably called a soft goal because it was five-hole. But if when you look back at the replay, and I think uh, Peter out of Camp, Quebec, I always screw up his last Quebec name. Quebec Peter. Yeah, Quebec Peter. Is it Andriopoulos, I think yep. they say? And, Close Andriopoulos, enough. I believe. So he posted a fantastic still of the, right before that goal. All five Detroit Red Wing players on the ice were from the face-off dot and down below the boards, huh. leaving two guys from Tampa. Literally, one was in the middle of the ice, one was coming in for, off the face-off dot, and that's who ended up scoring the goal. I think it was Cernak that actually fucking scored. Yeah, Cernak was the one that scored. And, uh, he, but uh, there was just no one After there. fighting but, Anthony Mantha. Yeah, leaving Grice again on an island, which I don't think there was much he could have done in terms of the other goals as well because one was just a beautiful power play goal from Tampa making us wish that we were the O, like two Red Wings when they had puck movement. 
But but yeah, if it wasn't for that, like I think that was the one true breakdown that you could say Detroit had that really bit them in the ass, and then they just couldn't score from there, and then obviously went to overtime. Had uh, I think we had one solid chance from Larkin driving hard to the net. Yeah, which he scored that, on. Yeah. Well, I meant I meant in the OT frame. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yes, Larkin his, is the OT master. That's what he is. Yeah. But to the one he did score on, that was that was vintage Larkin when they beat him uh, blocker side there. But the OT was just it ended up being in what I we felt was a weak line change by Detroit. They got lazy. Tampa trapped a minute and had a two on one come back the other way and they beat us. Yeah, I think the one a couple things that I had from the game from from what I watched was. On the Nemeth goal, that was a million and a half percent Philip Zadina. Oh, it was beautiful. My God, can this kid play? Like, he he blocked a shot, a heavy shot at the other end, and he was going to go off until mm-hmm. he saw that it started a rush. And he went from getting hit and kind of almost on a knee in, in his own zone all the yep. way down the ice to screen the goalie. Which is is insane because with the lack, what a lot of people have recently called the lack of effort of the team, that mm-hmm. that mean a, a killer. Just props to Nemeth for scoring the goal because I mean he's that's another, really a defensive a, defenseman. It's his second goal of the season, I think. It's his second goal and his second absolute cannon of a goal. Yeah, but but pro- huge huge props to Zadina for just making that whole thing happen. Pretty much rubbed his butthole on Vasilevsky's face. Yeah, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Vasilevsky shouldn't have been so low, right? <laughs> but oh, that was that was the one takeaway I had. Uh, Dylan Larkin, after taking the high stick that should have been a double minor, runs down the ice and scores. Like, are no, you kidding was, me? Yeah, he was so pissed. He even they showed the replay of him looking back at the ref and like touching his face. Like, uh, now I get it. I can kind of see why. There may not have been a call because he did kind of go at him right before. I forget who it was that actually high-sticked him at the moment. I can't uh, remember but, either. But Larkin came in hot, and then on the ensuing play, like, boom. He he made a, made contact on the guy, stick came up, hit him in the face, started going back the other way and gave the ref some lip service there. But ended up coming right back <sighs> and just using his speed and just. Boom, is that a boom, is that a boom. phrase that we can just delete from humanity forever? Can we stop using lip service? Because lip service is a very um, provocative phrase. I mean, he had a reason to be provocative. Sure, but he's more more angry though. I mean, it's more angry. <laughs> His nose was bleeding. He got hit pretty hard in the nose. Uh, the other thing was bleeding. It was kind of a, a slow. No, they stuck a, a a nose swab in him. Did he get you a mean kind of like what happened yeah. um, when when Dylan Larkin in his rookie year got high sticked by I believe it was Tyler Myers <laughs> when he chipped he his tooth? One of the, beautiful one of the best pass pictures ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had that beautiful pass to Henrik Zetterberg. What a fucking warrior he was, even as a rookie. Talk about getting props from a guy like Henrik Zetterberg. Yeah, but they they did they put the the nose tampon in him in the bench. There was a picture of it afterwards. <laughs> so yeah. He, uh, he went off, and he was actually bleeding. So uh, my only other, I've got two more, I think, tweets from that game. Um, Zadina, wide open, to which Philip Ronick floats it to the net instead of passing it. <laughs> um, to absolutely brutal. Just and, and what it did is it basically ended our power play. We, ha- we were on a power play. Ronick gets it at the point. Zadina's wide open at the dot in, in the OV office, if you will. And 
and Heronic floats it to the net, and it goes the other way, and it kills the power play. It's Can just we insane. just talk about Heronic for a second? He has been, been absolutely cons- brutal this year. I wouldn't say absolutely brutal, just not not himself the, the of last shot. season. We talked about this. Yeah, it's not it's, what it's, we it's, expected. That's 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 no. the way I look at it. Plus, he played. It's not like he hasn't played since the stoppage last no. year. He was playing in Europe. Yeah, See, Ryan. I'll, Ryan, did you turn Vegas back on? No, yeah, I it's, it's now to, three to, to four. Three, yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, four to three, right? Uh, Vegas has put up uh, two more goals within the span of like three minutes. I was going to turn on the. I was going to turn the Edmonton game on, but they're up six nothing over Ottawa right now. Yeah, no, put put Vegas back on, but back to back to the Red yes. Wings. Uh, it's just this See, is a nut. This is an insane to, game. To the heroic point, though, I always go back to our our boy James on Australia, making the point of. He got into bad habits, and I know I think we've talked about this on multiple occasions, so I, I don't want to go deep into it again, but it's the, this, it's a consistent theme of his to just carelessly throw the puck on net from the point, and it's either getting blocked or knocked down near, near immediately right by whoever blocked it, and they're going the other way or clearing the puck, and it's been shooting them in the ass nonstop. Like, I can't off the top of my head think of the last time he had a viable scoring chance sure. off off a shot from the point. Yeah, and I mean, you want to talk about players being lazy, and people love to shit on Anthony Mantha for being quote-unquote lazy. I, I think Mantha the last few games has worked his ass off. He's been, he's been everywhere. He's been faster. I mean, f- noticeably faster. And you're, But you look at Hironic, who has been just consistently not great. Now his numbers may tell you a little differently his actual yeah. like points percentage wise but it's it just his he's got careless mistakes on ice where you look at the eye test of Philip Ronick and you're like mm-hmm. what what happened from last season his I mean his possession metrics are fine he's got a Corsi 4 of 51.7 and a Fenwick of 50.7 which is good his on ice save is down though 87.1 from 87.9 last year Mm-hmm. So it's you just wonder you look at him and you go you're supposed to be a, a top on the Red Wings and I wouldn't say I'm a, a lot of maybe not a lot of the league be a top pairing defenseman but you showed last season that you could be a a top near top pairing defenseman it was our expectation sure yeah it was yeah. and and like I said his Corsi numbers are up and they're the highest they've been so, for for the people listening that don't go into deep into stats, uh, above fifty percent means the team was controlling the puck more often than not when the player was on the ice. But again, his on ice save is down to eighty seven point one, meaning that well, he is on the ice at even strength. That the team's save percentage is only eighty seven percent, which means he's not either. He's leading to not covering his assignments. He's missing puck battles. He, he For some reason, when he's on the ice, the team's save percentage is 87.1, which is not great. I mean, that's about Thomas Grice's save percentage right now. Yeah, and I mean, it's we're, yes, we're complaining. He did have two assists the other night. Sure. Like I said, so, points, but, points aren't the problem. Points aren't the problem. It's the inconsistent but, defensive play that's the problem and the turnover of... When you there are clearly other moves. I guess I would say a current lack of hockey IQ or vision yeah. is is what's happening right now. That could yeah, also come down to just age as well, too, though. Age. You know how old Sopranic is? He's not is? that old. How no, old he's is not. He? He's twenty three. Twenty 
Yeah, that's not been in the league still, for a couple as a years. defenseman. That's I mean, not too he, old. He's still think. doing what we would hope for in regard and to help drive the offense, but not but at the level. To, but when he tries to do it himself, that's where we're, we're running into this gripe. And is it probably unnecessary? You could probably say yes, it is. But we'd also like to see him scoring goals like we know that he can at the point. Not we're not expecting him to be doing like Bobby Ryan or no. Dylan Larkin or what those guys are. He's doing. He's a defenseman. Yeah, exactly. We're not expecting to have him at six goals or ten goals at this point, but we'd like to see at least a couple. But I think more than that, we'd like to just see the pucks get through because he's still he's destroying the team in, in terms of time on ice at twenty three forty three a game. So he's out there in the majority of the situations we'd expect him to, but other than just being able to pass the puck from point to point or to the faceoff dots in the power play. That's really all we're getting. And he's sound enough on defense where he's getting away with it. But even at other times, we're like to your point, there's he goes to clear the puck out and he's just he's either whiffing. He he doesn't have the same what's the word I want to look I'm looking oomph. for here. Oomph or Moxie, maybe as like, last season. Uh, he, he, not before a, everything went downhill. Not enough hustle. Nah, he's hustling. But it's just that something's just not Something's there. not clicking. It's not clicking quick enough. I guess. It, I guess what I, I was, think what I, I, I think what I jump to most, the most, like mostly, is the fact that like you know as the pause came and you know everything and then you expected you know the season to come back and all that. When you were expecting the season to come back, you were expecting Phil Peronic to be the best defenseman on exactly. the team, bar none. There's no question, and that's not the case. Troy Stetcher has been better. It is on the stat sheet. Christian Juice has been better. Yeah. I I would say, so again, with stat sheet, like Ryan said, looking at the stat sheet, looking at advanced stats, I I even said that was my other tweet, is like, can we talk about like how good Juice is? And going back and looking at Juice's actual like advanced stats, they're not great, but his eye test looks better than Heronic. And I, I know that goes towards you only see so much on TV if you're not on the ice or overlooking the ice, you don't see everything. But I guess my issue was we, I was looking for Philip Ronick to take that next step forward and really securing mm-hmm. his role as a top pair defenseman on this team. And it's not that he is super regressed. It's just that he's not, he doesn't look better. Yeah. I think the to the eye test point that you made, we've seen Juice score some pretty damn pretty damn good goals yeah i mean two phenomenal play. goals but but we've, and it's we've seen what a couple on the power play or at least one was on the power play i do believe yeah he, he's the one that broke the broke, power play drought. and but what you notice there though is where did he score that goal from wasn't it from the between, point no he was between the faceoff dots okay mid, he, jumped up, he, he jumped into the play He's not afraid to do that, and I think that kind of speaks to his time in Washington for a couple of years, and the way that their power play functions is just boom, boom, boom. Maybe he's not fully bought in or sucked into the scheme of you stand around, pass the puck, stand around, pass the puck. He's not. Because, he's blocked out Jeff Blashill and Dan Bilesman. He must have because when you watch, at least when I see it with Heronic at the point, yeah, he's he's going side to side but he's not really going anywhere else. 
He's up there to drive it. He's not dropping down to the face-off dot unless they're somehow crazy out of position. He's just kind of stagnant up there. But see, Hironic used to jump into the play, too. And that's what's confusing. That's where I was he going should with be. Like, you would expect to see him doing what we're seeing Juice do. What we're seeing, hell, even Mark Stahl is getting his ass in there down low. And, Mark and Stahl has more goals play. than Hironic. Exactly. <laughs> it, but these guys, a lot of... For the mo for the majority of the season so this thus far, Detroit's D has been pretty good. consistent and decent. Yeah. Especially yes, good for one, but they've been really good at cycling in the offensive zone and push putting pressure on the D the opposing team's defense to do something. I feel like but then that kind of goes away, like we said, on the power play. And Heronic is just kind of he's he's in a rut and he's not really getting himself out of it. And if he would just fall on his ability like he was doing last season. I think that's where we start seeing the goals coming along with those assists because he, we, the majority of the time, the teams know what's coming on our power play. We're trying to get to the sides. We might try to throw it down in front because we saw what Ernie can do in front. We're not going to touch on that one without getting too angry, but um, Adam Ernie has more goals in Philip Yeah, That's bad. Like, guys, so, okay. I, I don't know. It's. Ugh. I hate plus minus as a stat. We all know my stance on plus minus. It's a garbage stat to judge individuals by because a simple bad bounce or even empty net goal counts as plus minus. It's terrible. It should go away. They should never track it again. Philip Heronic is the second on the team in minus. Uh, Anthony Mantha's a minus 16. Philip Heronic's a minus 12. So that tells you something. I mean, you go down, your fifth is Juice with a minus nine, but he hasn't been here as long. Uh, Juice has 23 games played. Hronik has 27. Hronik hasn't missed a game this season. And it's, you look at it and it's a a minus 12 for a defenseman like Hronik. When you've got actually players on this team that are plus players so far, which last season you really didn't see, I think. Darren Helm With was like four, and only three three of them are on the team. Well, we've got <laughs> evens. We, I, you've got Giovanni okay, Smith you was a, was a zero. Tyler Bertuzzi is a zero. Robbie Fabry's a zero. Merrill's a one. Hiroshi's a two. Zadina's a two. Ganya's a three. So, but everyone else is a minus, which is understandable. It's not as for bad a bad as last team. Year, it's understandable. It's understandable. So, but when you have Philip Ronick, who should be like you said, your best defenseman, and and he's that not good. It's it's to me it's baffling because I don't know what happened. I guess and, and that goes back to well maybe it was maybe it was his time overseas made him lazy because overseas is so easy that he just kind of sat back and didn't take it serious. But I mean it's been twenty seven games, guy. You got to pick it up. And he's fifth in giveaways. He's got twelve giveaways. So I'm curious, what was his? I'm looking at the advanced stats. I'm on hockey reference right now. Heronic's offensive zone start percentage is 48.5. D zone 51.5. Yep. What was his... I'm trying to find... You're looking at last season? Last year. So last year, his offensive zone starts were 45. D zone 54. 54 So that's also confusing to me, too. Now, ozone and D zone starts are really generally based on how, how the coach views the player. So if you get more ozone starts, the coach thinks you're more of an offensive player and start you in the offensive zone because you have more right. of a, a chance to assist or score. More D zone starts means you're a more defensive player. You're more likely to clear the puck out, uh, to get it out of the zone, to start a rush, to do a breakout pass, whatever. Or on the, or on the PK a lot. 
And and Haronic, from what it sounds like, is uh, pretty that's even. even. I'm sorry. It's Never. pretty even, right? It, uh, yeah. But I, I would assume that you would give Haronic even more offensive zone starts to maybe at least just try to get him going. I think he just needs to score that goal because I don't know if it's, is it the confidence that's just really, really eating at him. He's matching his time on ice from last season, so that part of it's not not affected. I mean, is it physical? You think? I I don't no. I haven't heard anything like you'd hear something like he's he's working he's playing banged up or like we'd hear about Larkin and then Larkin was out for a few games but I haven't heard anything about him and, and he shouldn't be physical he played he was playing already That's true too yeah. so I mean the closest guy in, on D to points to him is Juice who's played four last games and has half the points so yeah. it, it, I was gonna say maybe it's the fact that maybe we're seeing more balance on the D. Which, I mean, you look at the defense right now and everybody's at least got three points. That would be okay if the balance, if the ba- if he showed the same level of play la- as mm-hmm. last season with the balance. I think if he showed the same level of play last season with the current defensive core, we'd be even better defensively. Oh, we'd, they'd be better defensively and they'd probably be scoring more. We'd win more games. Like, that's, yeah. there'd be this more offense. If, if he was doing what we were expecting in regards to driving more goals from the point, I this would be pushing this team closer to 500 because that's going to free up whoever his D partner is. It's going to let guys float easier from the forward group when they're in the zone. It's just not there because it goes back to what we were talking about. The puck's not getting through, and that's been, I think, his biggest crutch. He's not playing bad, but he's not playing, I guess, to maybe our He's not playing to, to his level. I chalk it up. Yeah, I chalk it up to confidence, and I also chalk it up to trying to do a little bit too much. I think he's got to get back to the basics and just start instead of just kind of blindly throwing the puck at the net. More like you know, kind of head fakes, and then just getting into the net and and trying mm-hmm. to look for some sticks or you know, and you know, as as you you guys have have heard a million times when someone's struggling, you try to get back to the basics, try to defend, stay with your guy, uh, make sure your gap control is good on defense. Like you, you you can only control stuff like that, and then the goals eventually will come because he is a pretty pretty gifted hockey player in my opinion and I think in your guys's opinion as well so mm-hmm. that's what I think of a player and I I do think there's a lot more to give there I really do uh, effort sure. wise as well yeah and and I think like you said he needs to get back to the basics because the basics are yep. what's killing him right now so I think he's just trying to force it at this point which which it, he doesn't have to our it. defense is better yeah, it, it, I think that's kind of a team-wide thing, though, because we do see that majority of the time scoring's coming at a premium. And a guy like Hironik, who wants to score goals, you know that he worked on his shot, and we saw his shot, how pretty it would look from we call it the, the, the corner office there. It, but it's not there. And that's, I think, I wonder if the frustration might be setting in a little bit for him, even though he does have 12 points out of all of this. But not having the goal scoring or the primary assist on a redirect, maybe that's speaking to the fact that Bert's not there. I, I, I don't know. It could be a hell of a lot of things, but it's not what we were hoping for, yeah. per se. Which sucks. But uh, There's a lot more to give there. I think he's a good player. I think that, the, that he can still yes. get out of this funk. I also think there's one factor that people aren't factoring in. He 
it, last year was on the first power play unit. Is he even on the second power play unit right now? I know that he's kind of on and the, off it right now. But what is considered the, I, the first power play? Yeah, they change point? game to game. It's, it's, it's typically Juice though that's quarterbacking the power play. Yeah, the first unit Juice is shown to have a, uh, currently a better shot. So right, um, and he can get it through. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, so there was one other thing that pissed me uh, equal amounts of piss me off and baffle me i guess uh is why did evgeny shvechnikov not play <laughs> i you know uh, why i don't he, ask anymore why was he benched so the, where was the quote who had the quote of that i think i, I think it was from max because now I need to go back and find it because I guess, it really does fucking anger I, I me. I guess the you play that was given. You play real, real well, and you get rewarded with some vacation time. Is that what's happening? It it went along the lines, and I, like I said, I'm going to try to find this. Do you get a paraphrase? I'm going to paraphrase, but it went along the lines of Larkin was back. Yeah. Thus taking his power place positioning. He being Svechnikov's. And from that, it turned into eliminating the additional role that Svechnikov would have, meaning he was... And they liked the line of, I think it was Brome. um, Brome, Rasmussen, Gagne. Gagne, Rasmussen. I'm I'm searching. I'm looking. Okay, here. Hey, look at that. I found it. I knew if I just rambled on long enough, I'd find it. (laughs) Jeff Blaschel on the, on the decision to scratch Svechnikov. Lark, Larks was going into that spot on the power play, so that's going to do, going to diminish his ice time. I like the combination of Brome with oh. Raz and Bobby there, so that was the line we went with. So oh, but Ernie on the first wait, power wait, wait, play unit's good. Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind right now. So they didn't want to diminish his ice time, so they took it all the way down to zero. Mm-hmm. Just totally eliminated his ice time because I mean, who knew? Who knew that a power play ice time was that detrimental to a guy being on the ice? Because you're telling me you couldn't. I guess um, let's let's try. Let's do a little thought exercise, little brain, little brain exercise. You can't uh, sit Ernie or Helm, move Gagne down to the fourth line, and uh, slot Svechnikov in there. No, can't do that. No, you can't no, play can't Brome Rasmussen Svechnikov. Who Svechnikov made uh, Franz Nielsen look like an absolute NHL All Star? You and can't. Valtopla. You can't play let's him. Let's talk about. Let's talk about one other thing. Gagne being on the second line with Nemesnikov and Zadina. Yeah, these guys. None of these guys went to the lines that he even mentioned. Here's other here's, than the fact that Larkin was on the power play, but then you bump Larkin in for Svech. And then bump Svech off for Ernie, who had barely seen power play time. Or not Here's that the much. thing. Oh, but Ernie can score backhander goals, though. Here's <laughs> so can Luke Glendening every six months <laughs> on Pe- on Pecorine when he's uh, struggling. Yeah, who's about to be like <laughs> deported because he's, he can't stop a beach ball. But we can't just move. We can't scratch Ernie or Helm. Move Gagne down. Throw Svechnikov on the third line. And just I mean, see what he can do. Going, I think Helm would be your odd man out. Because here's, here's the you thing. You can't even justify it on the PK either. No. Because he had fucking Mantha out there last no, no. time. The penalty kill. Four games. Four points. A Corsi 4 of 51.8. And a Fenwick of 61.9 in four games. Yeah. Now, that's a four-game sample. That's next to nothing. But and that's a, a pretty... against his brother a week That's ago. pretty damn good in a four-game sample. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're just going to yeah, say, yeah, no Thank, thanks, thanks for, for that. Go, take a seat. Are you serious? That's what this coach does. He does things like this, and then he also does things like when Je- Dennis Chalowski was going back to Vancouver. Uh, that That's the thing. That's where the disconnect is between this team and this fan base and this head coach. It doesn't end. It seems like every time you think that things are starting to turn and things are starting to make sense, he gives you Luke Glendening on the first line. He gives you um, Adam Ernie on the first power play unit. He gives you Adam Ernie in the lineup over uh, Svechnikov. Every, Who's been you know, hot. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all, and that's why... I mean, we can obviously go over this at some point, but this is why Jeff Blaschel's not going to be here next year. Yeah. I because just, of stupid-ass decisions like this. I just... Uh, where's your head at when you make a comment saying, I don't want to diminish his ice time, and then you don't play him? How is that not diminishing his ice time? How do you diminish time? a guy's ice time who's seen 12 minutes of ice time once in those four <laughs> games? Yeah, with an average time on ice of 11 minutes and 20 seconds. like, And he's still putting the putting the puck on net, making things happen. And he, oh wait, he also helped out the shit ass power play. Sure. Just just be honest and say you don't know what you're doing. Because at that point it looks like you don't know what you're doing because you have a guy who's worked his ass off, come back from injury, got Multiple in the lineup, injuries. wants I've, wants to be here, wants to show he can do it, has shown he can do it. And then you say thanks but no thanks. I've been saying for a long time that Jeff Blaschel's out to lunch. I I don't know where his head is, but it's certainly not at Little Caesars Arena, and it's certainly not on Woodward Avenue. It's it's absolutely absurd some of the decisions that are made uh, with this coaching staff, and maybe it's not just Blaschel. Maybe it goes back to the front office, but I don't think Steve Eisenman's making this kind of decision. To be no, honest, no, with not him, at all. So. It's he's it's on made the coaching the staff out of the roster. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the coaching staff then for for not making that and and for saying, look, he's played well in in the games he's played. He's looked good. He hasn't looked out of place. So why not play the guy? I I don't understand where the disconnect is. Is he not skating hard enough in practice? Is that what, where we're going with this? I don't know. Is it oops? I mean, he might on. help us win Jesus too many games. Christ. Like I don't know. I'm pretty sure there were some random bullshit quotes about something like that in regards to doing things right at, at all times. And it, of course. Oh boy, here we go. Well, did you see what Larkin said? Uh-uh. Larkin said something to the effect of, "If if me sitting gets him more time, then that's like that's great." Yeah. So it's I I don't. I guess I just don't understand why why you would take unless it's you're trying to tank. That's all I can think of is that he's just too See, but good. here's the thing about tanking and this is something that aggravates the absolute shit out of me and no one can ever change my mind about this. Tanking just okay, I I understand you want to tank. You want to do what what Edmonton did with McDavid and Buffalo. That was embarrassing for the league, by the way. But anyways, you want to try to continue, even if you are tanking and you're trying to lose games, you still want to maintain some sort of a structure and an ability to wanting to come to the rink every day, wanting to do things the right way, wanting to chip pucks in deep. And, and you know, I, I don't want to sound like a coach, but like doing the right things and, I don't. It doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't put a young guy in who could still help you in the future, sure. help you now. Who has I, earned I, the playtime? 
Like right, absolutely right. earn the playtime more than most players on the team. I don't I don't know. It's it's baffling. It's aggravating. But I guess I guess we can move from the whole maybe they're tanking thing to the proposed changes to the draft lottery. Which, I actually don't think they're tanking to that point. I just I, think they're not good. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. So there are proposed changes to the draft lottery, and I don't like them. I mean, I go, nah, whatever. So here's the proposed changes to the NHL draft lottery. The number of draws reduced from three to two. Meaning you can drop instead of dropping from one to four, you can drop from one to three because only the top two picks would be lottery picks. Whatever. Cool. Who cares? Um, non-playoff teams continue to participate. Why the fuck even mention that? Who cares? Uh, there was talk of reducing the number. So 11 clubs eligible for first overall pick instead of 15. So the maximum number of spots you can move up is in, instead of moving up like 15. 14 spots you can only move up 10 spots again fucking stupid you shouldn't be able to move up 10 spots uh maximum move up limited to 10 Uh, no clubs can advance by winning draw more than two times in five years so if you get a top two pick this year and a top two pick next year you can't get one for three more years this is going to absolutely fail from the board of governors they hate shit like that and i mean i if i was them if I was the Board of Governors, if I'm Steve Eiserman looking at these proposed changes, I would immediately shoot it back and say this is nowhere near good enough. Yeah, he, he's obviously going to be one of those guys that is not going to be a fan of anything that they just presented here because he was wanting to get it pushed back, and now they're keeping it in July. So yep. it's When the OHL hasn't played. They're not going to yep. move the draft. They're no, not which they already does. said they're not. Speaking and of the, the OHL, do we know is, anything more about that? No, it, it, so with the news of Albin Gruve moving to Saginaw from the SHL, uh, it makes a lot of people think that there something might happen relatively soon. Well, things did just open up in Ontario, so I would imagine that that would give them at least somewhat of a go-ahead with that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but the draft lottery stuff is stupid. I mean, it's dumb. You say you're going to change it. Those aren't those. Like I, I think I said on Twitter, it's it's more of a shoulder shrug than an actual attempt to fix anything. Because this isn't an attempt to fix anything. This is just, I mean, okay, throw a couple teams out of the lottery. Okay, one less lottery selection. That's not fixing the problem. The problem is your number eleven team can still get the number one pick. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. No, and it's a, a team like the Red Wings who again are probably going to be by far the worst team in the league again are could still be screwed down to three instead of four i said that too i said the red wings will ceremoniously drop from one to three instead of one to four yeah it's gonna be uh it's a nice race going on with us new jersey buffalo and ottawa and then how does that work with the oh they said well they said it wouldn't be until next year's draft anyway so it wouldn't matter for seattle but i guess it's just it's them not actually trying to fix anything. They said, oh, also, we gave it the old college try. Yeah, they 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 just they botched that completely. I don't know. So that's obviously not going to get approved. No, it'll never get approved. Think, right? No. So they're going to have to go back to the drawing board at some point and figure it out. But, I mean, that's just not even near good enough. And then the fact that, I mean, we beat this drum enough but the fact that the rangers get a guy like alexi lafreniere after being able to compete in the playoffs is just absolutely absurd and just shows that the league wants a team like the rangers to be a good team and a team like the red wings to suffer for 10 years i would have started with uh 
Hey, Board of Governors, what are some suggestions you have to improving the draft lottery? Not, okay, we got this. Let us put you up our garbage list and see what you say, because it's going to make the process longer. They should have asked for opinions first before drafting anything. (laughs) Silly. Yeah, I mean, that's just how fun stuff, uh, intelligent process would work, you know, business processes. Uh, But we're going to move on to the more exciting news which is uh, goodbye for now, NBC. Jesus Christ, guys! It's so bad. It's so bad. They're gonna. They're. I'm gonna do the opening, and, and we're gonna get DMCA'd for your shitty rendition of the theme song. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, the the NHL has announced that they have signed a seven year TV deal with ESPN and ABC. Uh, to make ESPN the official uh, TV partner of the NHL again. One of. One yes. of them. One, one of one them. Of. Uh, Gary Bettman says there still is a spot for a streaming deal. Um, so this is actually extremely exciting. Mostly because I probably don't have to listen to Pierre Maguire ever again. Uh, but the deal is two Let's point. Say, be careful what you wish for. Is two point eight billion dollars over seven years. That's four hundred million dollars a year, which is double what the current contract for NBC Sports is. Uh, NBC's was two hundred million a year over ten years, so it's three mm-hmm. years shorter, but it's double the uh, the value. Um, uh, as part, year, yeah. yeah, as part of this, NHL TV is going away. Uh, they will stream a thousand plus games on ESPN Plus and Hulu, which is great for people. Wild. Yeah, which is great for people. And I'm assuming it will just be standard ESPN Plus subscription. Which, if you got Disney Plus, that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's the way they are basically moving it. Is it moving digital programming from NHL TV to ESPN Plus, which has great. over 12 million subscribers? They better still have the NHL app. Uh, I. I sh- Probably Why? not. If they're if they're transferring everything over, it's probably going to switch over to ESPN. They got to yeah. have the apps. They'll have the NHL like, app, but they probably won't play games on it. Unless they have a it tied in or something tight tie in that way. But I, I yeah, instead of like you signing in with NHL, you'd sign in with your ESPN you sign plus in with ESPN Plus. Yeah, I yeah. bet you that's what it's going to be. So the thing is, is is that that is good for people like you said, Ryan. Twelve million subscribers, which is all that did the Disney Plus people. Uh, I think someone mentioned to us that Verizon customers get it for free. Mm-hmm. So you do for a year. And yeah, you have to actually pay for it, but you can link. It goes right into your account. For so that's phenomenal, and that opens the game up to so many more people that yeah. may have not otherwise cared to watch. Um, the, the ESPN coverage itself also opens it up to a bunch of people that may not have so, cared to yep. watch. So one more note on the streaming portion, or I should I should say, other than. NHL.tv. So on Sean Shapiro from The Athletic, his, his post today, and I think I saw um, Dan Kleinick out in Arizona bring this up. He was curious about like NHL Center Ice. Yep. It, this deal does not impact out-of-market television packages sold by providers. So that little tidbit is also huge for, so say that someone like me, I have uh, Comcast. I can still get centerized through them and not have to worry about which you're going to pay significantly a, a hell of a lot more money. Yeah, but that option. But you can get it through your cable instead of having to stream it online. Uh, I Correct. think ESPN Plus is is. I mean, I it's six ninety nine right now. I would bet it would probably go up a little bit more. Mm, but even if so. that's the case, 
No. Well, you're better off doing the bundle, yeah. which I think is what Disney Plus, to do. Hulu, and ESPN Plus, and it's like I fifteen bucks care, a month. I could yep. care two shits about Disney Plus or Hulu. I'm I sorry, you're missing Wandavision. You're missing Wandavision. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you that WandaVision is like one of the best shows that's come out in like the past forever. I actually think we have competition living here at home still. So I am telling you right now, Tyler, you are missing WandaVision. And that's also fantastic for kids. Exactly. Disney Plus has all the Disney movies on it. You are a kid. (laughs) You can watch Star Wars. You can watch Moana, Tyler. I could so, watch the Mighty Ducks, man. Come you on. could, and the new Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks series that's coming a new out. One. Yes. Oh, I heard See, that, Tyler. Out. That's right. You're yeah, missing look at that. So yeah, you, <laughs> Disney Plus is phenomenal. Disney Plus right now is probably the best streaming service. I mean, it's up there they with just, Netflix already. So they just eclipse a hundred million. Uh, wow. Users. So you're looking at uh, all the the people that can now watch NHL hockey. Uh, you're also getting ABC and ESPN get four years of exclusive playoff coverage. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is also, as Ryan had told me, simulcast and megacast. And I said, what well, the fuck's a megacast? <laughs> it's four years, mm-hmm. four, four years out of the seven, they get the Stanley Cup final. But every single year, they will have some sort of playoff coverage throughout to include a conference final each season. But to the megacast point, for those of you that are familiar with the college football playoffs, uh, it's I actually pulled it up so I didn't misspeak. But for the most recent, like there's about I want to say seven or seven to ten. Oh wait, I'm sorry. ESPN offered 14 total presentations. So I'm reading Jesus. this off the ESPN press room. This was just for the national championship game. So this is the type of thing you could potentially come to expect with NHL hosting um, the Stanley Cup final. So, for instance, in the college football, the the ESPN main telecast and just all the breakouts that they did, they had an all-cam, which was the entire field showing allowing isolated shots in any player and activity. They had pylon cameras at each corner of the end zone, so you could watch from anywhere, pain, tilt, and zoom from the game from the end zone. We're going to get goalie (laughs) camera. It'd be so fantastic or watch That's the game sick. from that little angled cam from behind. Ref camera. Mul- <laughs> Go I wouldn't pro. it. Multiple sky cams was another one. So includes the traditional and high sky showcasing the action from various heights above the field. So these are just some of the things that you'll probably get on the field views. So maybe we'll see stuff, uh, a, a consistent shot like the Red Wings will sometimes do from behind the on the glass behind the goal. That'll be a view maybe a, camera. A, from above <laughs> the uh, the penalty box. I mean, who knows? It's We're probably going to get new camera angles with ESPN coming into the fold that we hadn't seen yet. I think and my... It, 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 so it could, it's going to open it up quite a bit. I think my main excitement is that uh, I won't flip on ESPN and it'll be a, an auto auction instead <laughs> of Calgary versus Edmonton. Uh, mm-hmm. Or any of like the there's marquee games on and, and Connor McDavid's playing and they're playing the Meekum Auto Auction and I'm like, are you well, kidding me? I will say one thing, Greg. I listened to the whole Gary and um, what's the fella's name, Jimmy from uh, from ESPN, and he Gary basically said it's going to be mostly American themes and it'll be very similar to the NBC package where it will be one American team or one Canadian team. Like against each other, it won't be two Canadian teams. What? Why? 
Huh? That doesn't make any sense at all. That's what he said about the national well, games. It's. I think the biggest thing is because the deal is for the U.S. rights. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the okay. Canadian. There's still the Canadian Sports Center that we'll deal with. That I think that T. I was talking to Mario. Earlier you're talking, today. Tyler. You're talking about the games that are going to be on ABC. No, I'm talking the about national the national ESPN games. The ESPN games, like are, what the what the Wednesday night hockey games are, which is now going to be Thursday night. What yeah, those games back are Thursday night be. hockey? Okay, yeah. so uh, I'm just going to read off these other bullet points. Under the new agreement, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals playoff action will return to ABC and ESPN networks, including exclusive coverage of the Stanley Cup Final and four of the seven years of the deal. We talked about that. Uh, additionally, in each season of the agreement, ESPN and ABC will have live exclusive coverage of one conference final series and half mm-hmm. of all first round and second round games from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Throughout the regular season, 25 games from the NHL schedule will be carried live exclusively on ABC and ESPN. Uh, Tyler, I'm assuming those are the ones you are talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's only 25 games. Uh, live game coverage plus studio surround and original programming plans across all the Walt Disney Company's networks and streaming platforms will be announced in the coming months, including a new weekly studio show during the NHL season on ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Hockey so tonight. One, one bullet here that I just I completely looked over to the NHL TV thing is it's going to cease to exist in the U.S. and fold it in the ESPN Plus, kind of like we said. But I noticed that I think it's Anthony, another guy, one of our friendly foes out in Australia. Uh, I think for him, it sounds like he may still be in luck with the NHL.TV app. But how that actually is going to be utilized, I don't think anyone has any clue. Hmm. Yeah, I would because guess what we said to earlier. Exist. It just says cease to exist in the United States, but it doesn't say anything else. We also have the return of live NHL action to ESPN networks with 25 exclusive national regular season games. 75 national regular season games per season produced by ESPN that will stream exclusively on ESPN Plus and Hulu. So 75 games that will not be on TV, but will be on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Half of the Stanley Cup playoffs on ABC and ESPN each season and coverage annually of NHL's face-off opening night games, the NHL All-Star Game and Skills Challenge plus other NHL special events each season, which would be the Winter Classic, uh, Bridgestone Classic, Heritage Classic, and Honda 5000, whatever you want to call it. Um, additionally, the NHL's out-of-market streaming package with more than 1,000 games, formerly NHL TV, will now be available to fans on ESPN+. Uh, the agreement also includes extensive highlight rights that will add to coverage across ESPN's year-round news and highlights programming and to coverage on the ESPN app and social media. International media rights, including Latin America, the Caribbean, and parts of Europe, are also part of the agreement. So, it's that's a huge. lot. It's a that, lot of stuff. That's huge. The, the highlight package, I think, is the biggest aspect of it all for me. Yep. Because actually getting out there and not just being like the, the slapstick comedy hour when they try, decide to finally bring up hockey highlights yeah. is going to be pretty impressive. And it's also, again, giving credence to people who may not want to sit down, like new fans that are new to the game that don't maybe want to sit down and watch an entire game initially can get highlights. And that's mm-hmm. going to expose it to so many more people than than would traditionally see it because who watches NBC Sports? It's why NBC Sports is going away because no one watches it, it. So I found some more points to the, the the mega cast that I was trying to look for, but I just didn't scroll far enough. 
so one way to draw in new fans if they're not one to watch the broadcast, I think I mentioned earlier, but one of them is a, the RefCast, where ref former, cast. former officials and coaches break down the game as things are happening. And I, oh, mentioned God. The home, I mentioned the hometown radio aspect. They've got a data center. So I think ES, the, the, the NHL started this year. Does it start next year where they're going to be on with AWS? Uh, was it's, I think it started this year, but their pucks are all fucked up. Yeah. So think about what AWS and how you see it all the time in commercials for the NFL right now. Yeah. Now it's in Major and also League college. Baseball too. Mm-hmm. Take take that aspect, throw it into the NHL, and then you're going to see that even more so when it comes to playoff time in the mega cast for the finals. So that's the aspect that we're going to start seeing this thing going. Huh. It's huge. It's it's going to be it's, it's going to be impressive. It's big and it's exciting and it's not NBC, so it's phenomenal. And I love it. And and I guess the final wish list is to to bring back Gary Thorne, right? And he says he yeah. he would do yeah. it. Yeah. I in. here here's he's my in thing. Ask. Here's my thing with the with the deal before we go discussing the Gary Thorne thing. The NHL after, you know, the O four lockout, you know, they had their issues and ESPN kinda said, Yeah, well we don't need you anymore and you know, the NHL went their separate ways, you know, and now they're back together. Uh, 17 years later and um, the biggest thing about that I look at of this whole thing is like the NHL whether people would like to admit it or not obviously has gotten popular yes that is true however I would argue that after that 2004 lockout they still lost fans that they still have not been able to get back Um, and maybe this helps them get them back because ESPN is so mainstream and, um, you know, you think of the NHL in the 90s, you know, you think of the Nike jerseys, you think of the ESPN name, you think of, obviously, Gary Thorne, who we will talk about here shortly. And mainstream means popular. It also means maybe pop culture kind of thing, too. And that is important to the growth of the sport in this country. And, I mean, me being a USA Hockey fan and being, you know, obviously an NHL fan too, but this is huge. There's people that have already covered the sport that work there. Steve Levy, the guy that does Monday Night Football, still works there. You have Bucci, who does the Frozen Four and does a fantastic job every single year with it. Yeah, that's that's what I mean, the Frozen Four. He does a fantastic job. The Bucci Overtime Challenge, you can you can kind of like explode that now to to a whole different viewership. You know, I mean, yep. Linda Cohn does a great job. They have some great people. Barry does a good job too. But I mean, obviously, Linda and Barry haven't. They've been going on ESPN Plus, and I didn't even realize this. this is I just got to say one thing here: they, they've Ryan. had a show for the last two years Three in the years. crease. Yeah, yeah. I just got to say one thing. I gotta give props to those people that never stopped fighting the fight at ESPN, never stopped believing that there could potentially be an NHL deal at some point. Because I mean, imagine working for a company and they say, you know, we're not going to cover your sport anymore. So, um, you know, you guys are going to have to figure out to like other sports or whatever. And that's basically what happened with ESPN and the NHL. And I think even for a little while after they lost the coverage, they were still kind of covering it with the highlights and stuff. And I, I want to say it was like 2012, 13, they deleted the Facebook page. They deleted the Instagram. They deleted all of it. They laid off a bunch of people 
and they stopped covering hockey. And actually, one of the guys that they laid off recently, Chris Peters, who is a fantastic hockey writer, and he said, on one hand, I'm happy for ESPN and for the growth of the game. And on the other hand, I'm a little bitter because I just got let go by them, and now they're going to all of a sudden cover hockey. It's like well, Look it's at half weird. of the writers for The Athletic, and look at who we lo- just cherish and love in Craig Custance, yeah, who would him, Pierre, and uh, oh my god, the other name I can't even think of right now. Those guys were all dropped. Oh, almost, uh, I think, Scott simultane- Burnside. Burnside, thank you. Yeah. They were all dropped almost simultaneously by ESPN. Thankfully, all of them came to The Athletic and started up what has been fantastic hockey coverage for the last several years. But that is that's the type of shit that you're you're mentioning. Like, how are they going to recover from that? Because yet enough people that either hate or love Wojcinski, people love Kaplan. Wojcinski just either you either love him or you hate him, and he pisses you off to no end. No end. Yeah. So there, it's a very small group that they have there. So where do they go from that point? And are, are they going to try to keep it straight nostalgia to bring back all the fans? Because if you bring Gary Thorne back. You're gonna have a lot of people love it all over again. People it's already the love easiest Putin. decision ever to bring back Gary Thorne. He says he wants to do it. He said he'd be open to do it. He'd want to have a conversation. If you're ESPN and you're Jimmy, whatever his last name is, um, you basically go to Gary Thorne and say, "Hey, look, how much money do you, you want to come back? How much money do you <laughs> exactly. want exactly?" What is the package you would like to do? And you know something else I, I also want to say? John Butchergrass would do a fantastic job calling hockey, and Steve Levy, if he wants to do it he does do Monday a Night Football. He already does a fantastic job calling hockey. I should, I should say does, yeah, because he does a ton of college hockey and stuff. They the, Their package is fantastic. Their, their presentation is fantastic. <laughs> and this is why people do love ESPN. And this is why ESPN is mainstream because it's on everywhere. You go to a bar, it's on. You go to a restaurant, it's on. You go to like a big Buffalo Wild Wings and half of the TVs have ESPN on. So if hockey's yep. on, they're just going to leave it on. Yeah, maybe. you know. Like I said, exposure, exposure, exposure. That's what it's about. But I guess the downside to it and I will end it all with this is uh the big fuck you to Gary Bettman. Uh, they just announced this whole huge TV deal, and then Gary Bettman says, "Yeah, the cap isn't going to change probably for the next four years." At least. So uh, here's our ex- here's oh, our f- so four years. That's uh, four hundred million dollars a year. Four times four is sixteen. That's one point six billion dollars. Uh, where they say, mm, "Fuck you! It's all our money." <laughs> and that's not even including the other half of the deal that exactly to be announced, which likely could still be NBC and or Fox. That's the Dave Chappelle uh, gripping all his money gif with his crown on from the Chappelle. I'm crown. rich, bitch. So it's it's Gary Bettman just in his little weaselly way, just saying, "No, oh, we're gonna make all this money," which we thought were like, man. That getting this new TV deal will totally fix the cap problems that the that yeah. COVID has thrown the NHL yeah, into, no. and he's like, no, nope, just kidding. It's going to be stagnant, yeah. if not a slight, minuscule increase. Which I mean is good news for Steve Eiserman because we're we're very good with cap our cap situation, and that'll put a squeeze on more teams. But I think that's that's the last thing teams wanted to hear was that. Eh, they they get this awesome news about ESPN and this, they get the numbers for this big deal and then they hear, eh, we're not gonna we're not gonna raise the cap." So I have, no, I have still one thing. Though? I mean, it could, but it's what he said today is just, and he said that today 
is that it cap is yeah, probably that, not going to change. And he, yeah, he prob- again brought up won't. he again brought up the escrow issue too. Yeah, sure, but he threw the escrow. He's the cause of the escrow issue. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I will say one thing: Kaplan was on that uh, six p.m. Sports Center thing, and uh, she said that she spoke with like players also, like you know, throughout the years and stuff. And she said, you know, going into the locker rooms, you see Sports Center on all the time. And she said this, the players are starting to get pissed off that you know they're, they're not getting covered. You know, they're not of getting course. any exposure, and it's like. We're in the United States of America, and the NHL, one of the major four sports, doesn't have a major TV partner. It's embarrassing. It really is. is. Yeah. There's so no other you know way to put it. You know, it's almost too perfectly ironic is that the current CBA is set to expire after the 25-26 season. <laughs> if we have a flat cap for the next four years, that means they're pretty much handcuffed, handcuffed on the salary cap with really no flexibility unless they somehow come into an agreement outside of what's currently there and ratify the CBA, which I have no idea how that would necessarily work. Yep. Or they strike. Yep. Man, Gary Bettman sucks. Let's wow. just get a new commissioner. That's fucked. So f- stupid. Whatever. That's All a right. great way to... That's where we're going to end the show because we're well, a little... Where, where do you guys think they go for the last uh, portion of the deal? I'd, I'd try to hit Fox. Oh yeah, Bring I'm not Fox going track. back to NBC. Fuck NBC. They fuck well, so Gar- much stuff. Gary up. said that um, they are in conversations with three that currently have other TV partners or, or leagues that have TV partners already. So that leads me to believe Fox is in, NBC's in, and believe it or not, we may see the first NHL on TBS TNT thing ever. I, uh, I doubt that. So I, I doubt between, it too, but it's a I, possibility. I think. From what I'm reading, I'm th- I'm seeing that NBC is still probably the main one you'll see there because the flexibility of their networks and streaming, with Fox right behind them. Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. All right, that's where we're gonna end the show tonight. I want to get you guys final thoughts before we sign off. Go. Uh, so final thoughts are if if you don't know who Gary Thorne is, if you're not like most of us that are probably 20s to 30s and grew up on the Red Wings domination. He pretty much called every fantastic Red Wings goal that you can possibly think of, be it the Iserman shot from the blue line, the McCarty goal in the 97 finals. I tweeted out a bunch of these today. Larianoff. The Larianoff O2 winner against Carolina. I tweeted out a bunch of these today. Go check them out. They're fantastic. Just look up Gary Thorne. Anything that he does is pretty much golden. He even did the, the video games back in the day. So if a guy like that is brought back into the fold with this ESPN to NHL deal – you really can't be less excited about it. It's it's just fantastic. Hopefully this c- continues to just blossom. They get another fantastic deal, which will kind of eliminate the fact that the cap may remain stagnant. Uh, but overall, enjoy hockey. It's this is this is what makes it fun and what grows the game, which is what everyone really wants to see happen. And it it kind of overshadows the Red Wings talk tonight, which I think is for good reason, even though they haven't been a very bad team. But, uh, but, yeah, that's about what I got. Already Ryan 33. Yeah, more positivity is a good thing sometimes. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here as I look at a hat that I dug out of my hockey closet that I have that says so National Hockey Night. 
National Hockey Night with the ESPN logo in the middle of it, and I probably had that hat since I was like four or five years old. That you know, I'm using like the bottom two little snaps when I was a kid or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's nostalgia definitely, and it's it's good to see the NHL is going to be back on NBC or Jesus Christ ESPN. Hopefully Gary can come back. That would be awesome. But hey, even if the even if he doesn't, they have some good personnel there, and I'm sure they'll bring some personnel in, and uh, they'll do a great job covering hockey, which they do with pretty much every other sport that they cover. So, um, other than that, enjoy the hockey. Like I said, it's been pretty fantastic watching this wild game here tonight, and. Uh, you know, just just enjoy it. Get it on for the ride. <laughs> Subscribe to the NHL TV because it's literally the greatest thing ever. I mean, they you got every game you can ever imagine, and uh, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. The great, the hockey's great. The fight in the game tonight, awesome. And uh, you guys can follow me at Seal Dog ninety one. Yeah, I'm going to start with a request to leave us a review on iTunes. If you're listening to our podcast and you love us and you listen to us all the time, please go on iTunes and tell everybody that uh, five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. It helps us get ranked higher nationally and gets us more exposure on the Apple Marketplace because I guess that's how Apple likes to work. Um, But anywhere you are listening to us, if you can leave a review, please leave a review. Uh, I would also like to say that I am very happy that I most likely don't have to listen to Pierre Maguire ever again. It is my lifelong dream that may come true. I can die happy. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We'd like to give a shout out to a couple people. Uh, one is Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape who uh, if you use the promo code GRINDLINE at checkout, you get 10% off. If you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off. You can also go to redbubble.com and search the GRINDLINE to find our merch shop. And uh, we also like to give a shout-out to the guys at the Hockey Podcast Network who are super awesome to us. And you can find us and a bunch of other really awesome hockey podcasts there. Uh, So if you go online and just search hashtag THPN, You'll find a lot of uh, content there for hockey podcasts. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.